You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. All right, good evening, everybody. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be back here. And this is probably a topic that's discussed very, very frequently and to great detail. So I want to just do a refresher and point out a few things that I believe are sometimes overlooked, some points that are overlooked when we talk about um, when we talk about tefillah, when we talk about prayer. You know, it's very interesting that the Gemara says, how do we identify man? How do we know what a man is, what a human being is? Hazal tell us a very interesting thing. You know how we define a man? Because a man, a, a, a human, is someone who is able to talk to Hashem, someone who is able to pray, someone who is able to daven. Because a person can daven, they're identified as a man. They're identified as a person. Now, very, very interestingly, I'm sure you've all heard the term daven, to daven, right? What does the word daven come from? Where does that word come from? And most people have no idea where the word daven comes from. But what does it really mean? What's the root of that word? So I was actually sitting recently with a group of rabbis, uh, friends of mine, and we got into this discussion and nobody had a clue where the, where the root of the word comes from. So actually the word daven, oh, very good. Excellent. Well, we have somebody here who knows. Very good. And that is de'avuhon. Davening comes from de'avuhon. Who's, who's that? A very, very powerful weapon that Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov instituted. And that is the ability to communicate with Hashem directly. The daven means unbelievable things can happen because it's an amazing thing. You know, just uh, recently uh, we read Parshas Vayichi, as recent as yesterday. And if you read in Parshas Vayichi, the most interesting story, you see that Yaakov, it says that Yaakov got sick and it was communicated to Yosef that your father, so the Gemara says the most fascinating thing, that Yaakov davened to become sick. Now, most people think sickness is a, is a tragic thing, but Yaakov saw it as an opportunity of mercy for Hash, from Hashem. Why? Because he said, you know, what used to happen, and by the way, you know, people sneeze, and we say gesundheit, or we say tzugesund, or we say bless you, or we say nazdarovia. Uh, there are many interesting uh, words that people might might use in different languages. But why why do we say that? What 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 is going on when someone sneezes? So the Gemara says a very interesting thing, and the Medrash Tanchuma brings this as well. That what used to happen is people used to sneeze and die. That was it. They were walking in the street. They were at the bank. And they would sneeze, boom, they were dead. Their neshama would depart through their nostrils, and that was it. They were done. Yaakov says, wait, 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 wait. I can't die like that. People shouldn't have to die in an instant like that. People should be forewarned before they die. And he begged HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he says, make me sick before I die so that I will know that my impending departure is is near so that I can bring my family together. Like we see Yaakov did, Yaakov brought his family together 
and he was able to give everyone a bracha. He gave Ephraim a Menasha bracha. He was able to guide them all. So it really is an incredible, an incredible gift. But we see that through tefillah, he was able to accomplish this. We see the same by Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu davened. Who did he daven for? For the people of Zdom. Yeah, Avram Avinu davened for other things as well. But even for the people of Zdom, and Hashem says, you know what? Okay, I'll accept your tefillah. Tefillah is the weaponry of our sages. We see Yaakov Avinu when he was heading to war with Esav. What did he do? He utilized tefillah. Tefillah is a very, very powerful tool. And it's something which I believe, because we're trained, it looks like most of you are regular, ordinary base Yaakov girls. And since you were three years old or two years old, you've been saying brachos and you've been taught to daven. So sometimes we don't appreciate things that have been either forced upon us or things we haven't had the opportunity to really step back and appreciate how great they are how tremendous this gift of tefillah is. On the very, very basic level, we need to understand that tefillah means that I am talking to Hashem. I am talking to Hashem. There's no intermediary. We don't go to the rabbi and ask the rabbi to daven for us. We don't go to some uh, rebbe and ask the, the, the rebbe to daven for us. We don't go to a caver and ask the nifter to daven for us. We daven directly to Hashem. Now we have a concept where we ask the deceased to intercede on our, on our behalf in front of the Almighty, in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but we don't daven to them. We daven only directly to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we talk face to face with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Our tefillahs are very, very powerful. The Gemara says, there's no tefillah which returns unanswered. And I, I want to share with you an incredible, incredible story. I just heard, uh, recent, just uh, last Shabbos, I was in Eretz Yisrael, and I heard the most magnificent story. This happened to a, a friend of mine, uh, Rabbi Duvi Ben Shushan, and he repeated the following story. He, when he was in third grade, they had a rotation every day of who would bring the football to school for recess. And one day was his day that he had to bring the football. The night before, he prepared the football right next to his bag. And sure enough, he comes to school the next day with his beautiful new football. And he's very excited that he's going to, uh, he's going to be playing at recess, you know, and he's going to be the one who's leading the game because he has the ball. Fine, as they're about to walk out to recess, to run out to recess, his friend tells him, you know, uh, maybe you can stay here with me and say some Tehillim. Tehillim? What do you mean? Today's my recess day. Today's the day that I play. I bring my ball and, you know, I, I brought my ball. I got to go out and play. He says, look, my mother went into labor this morning and I want, I need a Davin that it should be a healthy baby and that the baby should be a baby boy because I already have five sisters and I need another, I need a brother and it should be a baby boy. Okay. So they daven and they daven and they daven and they daven and he gives up his recess. He gives up his everything. 
Sure enough, the whole class comes back in after recess. Where were you? Where were you? Yeah, he's like, he says, look, I was davening, davening that his mother should have a baby boy. <laughs> you know, it's very important. So sure enough, a few minutes after that, the father comes straight from the hospital. He comes to the classroom and he says, I just want to uh, tell my son that uh, Baruch Hashem, we had a, a healthy baby. And they're like, no, and is, is it a boy? He says, no, it's a beautiful baby girl. Says, ah, baby girl, what are we diving for? What are we diving for? Sure enough, it turns out that 20 some odd years later, this girl became the wife of this Dovi Ben Shushan who was davening for this baby, right? Little did he know that those little tefillas, that a little, little child was davening for was actually the woman who was going to be his wife. And I heard this from him directly. It's an incredible, you know, just a, a small something that we're able to understand that there's no tefillah, there's no tefillah that goes unanswered. We don't know how. We don't know when it will be answered. We don't know in what way it will manifest itself. But every single tefillah, every single prayer is answered. So we have a couple of components when we talk about tefillah. Number one is we need to recognize Hashem. We need to recognize that Hashem has the power over everything in existence. Every single thing that's existing in this world is by Hashem's power. There is nothing that Hashem cannot do. There is nothing that Hashem doesn't control. There is nothing that Hashem doesn't have the power over. Everything that we aspire for, everything that we potentially desire, Kaddish Baruch Hu has the power to bring it to us. The only power or force in this world that is able to bring results directly is direct communication with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We have to recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is able to do everything. Now, there's another point here. When we talk about recognizing Hashem, is that we need to always remember that it is incumbent upon us to have a sense of humility. We need to be, to have anova. We need to realize that we are very limited. I think that our generation is plagued with the devastating illness of anxiety. We're all dealing with anxiety. We're dealing with stress. Tefillah is the stress killer. Why? Why is tefillah the stress killer? Because tefillah means I realize that I am not in control. HaKadosh Baruch is in control. And if HaKadosh Baruch is in control, what, what am I worried about? He's going to take care of everything. He's going to take care of every single one of my needs. He's going to take care of, you know, it's like I had, I had a story not too long ago where someone, someone was, was very, very stressed out, really worried. What's going to be? What am I going to do? How am I going to, you know, really? Uh oh, I got, I got to figure this out. I got to figure this out. I said, you know, you know, this, it reminds me one of the greatest teachings just. Open up your hearts and listen to this for a second. You remember, I'm sure you've learned this in Chumash. It talks about Moshe Rabbeinu talking to Hashem. And the Medrash tells us 
that Moshe Rabbeinu says, Hashem, I want to see your face. And what does Hashem respond? Hashem says, no, no, no. You can't see my face. You can only see the back of my head. You can only see the back of my head. What do you mean the back of my head? Hashem doesn't have a front of his face to have a back of his face. Hashem doesn't have a head. Hashem doesn't catch a cold. Hashem doesn't sneeze. Right? Hashem doesn't... What, what do you mean that you, Moshe Rabbeinu wants to see Hashem's face? And no, you can't see my face. You can only see the back of my head. What's going on over here in, the, in this dialogue? Hazal tell us something so incredible. That is that what Moshe Rabbeinu was asking was asking to understand and see the future. Hashem, please tell me, what does the future behold? What's going on? I'm davening. I don't see any answers. What's going on? When is it going to come to fruition? Hashem says, my my face, the future, you'll never be able to understand. You'll never be able to see or comprehend. But you know what you could do? Look at the back. Look at the history. Look at your past. Look at the, the, the history of your life. The last 15 years of your life. The last 20 years of your life. How many times has Hashem not come through for you? How many times did Hashem not be there exactly when you needed it, how you needed it, and everything worked out perfectly? You see, we sometimes want to feel in control, so I, I have to know what's going on. And that's what causes this distress. But the minute we're able to understand, look back a second. How many times did Hashem drop the ball on me? Never. It always worked out at the end. So what was I worried about? And not only it worked out, it worked out in the best possible way. I have a friend of mine who called me up. And he said to me, he was crying, and he's a grown man. I think he's at, at the time he was 55 years old. He called me up and he said, Rabbi, today is the worst day of my life. I've been working for my company for 28 years. This is my life. He says, my blood, my blood the, in my veins is the blood of this company. I've been working for this company for the past 28 years and I just got fired. I just got fired. Rabbi, what's going to be? What am I going to do? So I said to him, I said to him, look, it says that Share Demoos Lonin Alu, the gates of tears have never been closed. There are other gates that have been, that have been shut, but the gates of tears, I said, if you're already crying, Throw in a special tefillah. Don't let the tears go to waste. So say a special prayer. I said, whatever it is that you want, ask Hashem for it. He says, but it's impossible. What I want is not going to be possible. He says, what I want is to continue to work for the company, but not for this boss. It was, it was, a, it was an issue. This boss was a Christian and he wanted this guy. He was bothering this. Jewish student of mine, he was bothering him that he wanted him to, every time he'd see him, he'd say, oh, we pray for you and we want you to convert, wanted you, you know, accept Christianity. And he was, you know, and one time he just, 
lashed out at his boss, and then his boss fired him. He said, I want to continue to work for this company, but not for this boss, but I want to work for a different region. He said, there's no no such exception in the entire company. There are 55,000 employees, and there's no such exception. Everybody works under the the region that they're part of. I said, but Tefillah has such a great power. Just ask Hashem. And by the way, I told him, here's a number for a good lawyer. Here's a number for a good lawyer. So he calls the lawyer, and the lawyer files a lawsuit against the company, and he wins a $20 million settlement. And he declined the the, the settlement. He says, I don't want the $20 million. I want my job back. He says, I'm a young man still. I still have many years to work. I have many clients who are relying on me. And this would be unethical for me to just take a settlement and run away from my clients. And he indeed kept his job and works for a different office, not for the region that he's in. And there's the only exception in the entire company, 55,000 employees, the only exception. And every time I see him, I say, do you remember that prayer? That one prayer that you said, do you remember that prayer? He says, I remember. I thought it was impossible. But it worked out to be the absolute best. What he thought was the worst day of his life turned out to be the absolute best day of his life. Not only that, He told me that he has two extra hours every day because he used to travel to the office an hour each way. Now he doesn't have to travel. He works out of his house. He says that day was the greatest day of my life. I didn't even see it. Sometimes we don't realize that we're facing a challenge, just a challenge of our perspective. Tefillah helps us Clarify things. Talk to Hashem in your words. You have to understand the words you're saying in tefillah. In fact, the halacha says that if you don't understand the words that you're saying, you don't fulfill tefillah, according to some opinions. You have to know what you're saying. Except for the pasuk of Shema. That has to be in Hebrew. You always have to say Shema Yisrael in Hebrew. In the Lashon HaKodesh. But otherwise, daven from your heart. I have a student who comes to our house now every Shabbos, and he doesn't know how to read well. So he davens and benches in English in the most beautiful way, with intention, with focus. He understands what he's saying. He feels a connection to what he's saying. Now, don't go to your teachers and your moras and your principals and say, oh, from now on I'm just praying in English, I'm just davening in English. We should learn what our tefillah is in, in, in Lashon HaKodesh as well. We should learn to understand it and it, because you have to understand that it's not just saying the words and conveying our feelings, our emotions. There's also Chazal, the Anshik Nesesagdola, when they were metakin the tefillah, they were metakin the tefillah to pull certain strings in Shemayim with the words that we use. So it's very important to use those words and to keep the order of tefillah exactly the way it is, to say the brachas exactly in the right order. 
You see the Shulchan Aruch talks about if you went out of order in some of the, some of the brachas, you can't recite the ones that you skipped. There's a specific order to things because it touches, it pulls all the strings up in Shemaim. So we said we need to recognize Hashem and recognize that our creator is capable of everything. He brought us into this world. And I think it's even more important to start even one step before that. And that is that Hashem loves each and every one of us. Hashem loves us. Hashem wants to do good for us. Hashem wants to give us. We have to be willing to accept. Open up your heart. When you daven, you're opening yourself up to Hashem. Saying, Hashem, I'm not capable. I'm not capable of doing anything. I need everything from you. That humility is the humility that's required for prayer. I had once I was giving a class. It was a Shabbos morning class that I would I would teach. We would do parsha and we would do tefillah. And then I would send them into the shul, into the main sanctuary, and say, everyone, join join the tefillah of the tzibur. So one time there was a, an individual who came to the class, and I said after, I said, okay, have a good Shabbos, everybody. Thank you so much for joining. Now, everyone, please, I encourage you to join the main shul. So this guy turns to me and he says, Rabbi, I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm out of here. He says, prayer is not for me. I'm, I'm done with prayer. I'm like, what do you mean prayer is not for you? He says, you have no idea. He says, I come to shul. I get so frustrated. He says, I'm trying to figure out where the chazan's holding and I'm going page here, page there, back and forth and back and forth. And then, you know, just trying to keep up with where, where the chazan's holding. And by the time davening is over, I'm out of breath. I'm tired. I'm worn out. And, and it's frustrating. I said, that's not what tefillah is. I hate to break it to you. That's not what tefillah is. Tefillah means you close your eyes and open your heart. Close the siddur and open your heart and talk to Hashem. And you know what? For tefillah, you don't need to be in a shul. For tefillah, you don't need to be, you don't need to hold a siddur either. Just open your heart. I was just last week in Shiloh, in Eretz Yisrael, where Chana spoke, where she talked to Hashem, and she talked silently to Hashem. Everything that we know today of Tfila, of Shmon Esrei, that we say it quietly, is from Chana. That's where we learn it from. She opened her heart and talked to Hashem. That's it. Silently. Asked for what? What did she ask for? She asked for a child. She asked for Shmuel and Avi. And she was given her request. Unbelievable power that each and every one of us have in tefillah to talk to Hashem. I tell my children when they wake up in the morning, yeah, especially in the summer or during uh, school break, you know, winter break. Did you say hello to Hashem today? Just talk to Hashem. Don't get all caught up with the whole, just talk to Hashem. Talk to Him. Say hello. Good morning. Thank you for giving me life. Thank you for the, giving me the ability to walk and to talk and to listen to music 
and to dance and to sing. Thank you, Hashem. Also, is that you need to talk to Hashem directly. You know, we use a Lashon in Tefillah, which is we say, Baruch Ata. Ata. We say directly to Hashem, to you. We don't say, thee, thy, they, you know, no, no, no. Hashem. Baruch Ata Hashem. We're talking directly to Hashem. And to communicate like that with the creator of heaven and earth ought to bring us a feeling of closeness to Hashem. To bring us a feeling of recognition, Hashem is there listening to our tefillah. Hashem waits for our tefillah. I'll tell you how powerful our tefillah is. You know, the halacha says a very interesting thing. That a person should always have a makam kavua for tefillah. In shul, you should have a set seat where you daven. The halacha says even one who davens at home regularly should have a set place where they daven. So let's say you daven at home. You should have a specific place where you daven all the time. Why is it important? You know why? Halacha says because Hashem will be waiting for you in your place. You shouldn't be one day here, one day there, one day there. Every day I'm davening someplace else. Hashem waits for you in your place. Why does Hashem wait for us? There's nothing better to do. Hashem waits for us. Yeah. Hashem loves our tefillah. And by the way, I heard this. I was just in Eretz Yisrael. I told you. And I spent a week with my Rebbe, Rebbe Yitzhak Berkowitz. And he said, anybody who says that you can't see Hashem is wrong. Of course you can see Hashem. You can see Hashem in every single thing that you do. You just have to look. Open your eyes. Hashem doesn't talk to us. Hashem doesn't use words. Hashem uses actions. You see His ways. Everywhere you go, you can see Yad Hashem. All you need to do is open your eyes. So when we communicate with Hashem, our objective is to connect directly with Hashem. Talk to Hashem in your words. Share with HaKadosh Baruch Hu your challenges. Share with HaKadosh Baruch Hu your worries. Share with HaKadosh Baruch Hu your joys, your appreciation, your gratitude. Gratitude is also a very important part of tefillah. The greatest spiritual development of a person comes through tefillah. Your greatest growth will come through your davening. You're davening, you're able to grow, you're able to connect on a whole new level. I want to share with you that I once heard when I was in, I believe, eighth grade, I heard a, a shear on tefillah. And I remember the rabbi who spoke said, you know, when you daven, you actually talk to Hashem. And you can ask Him for anything you want. So we were about to daven Mincha that day. And I realized that I, I had not done my homework the night before. And my teacher had told me the day before that if I don't do my homework, he's throwing me out and I'm done. So I davened in my Mincha. And you wonder, like an eighth grader, I'm davening, Hashem, please make it so that I don't get thrown out. I didn't do my homework, but I'm going to try to figure out a solution in the future. 
And sure enough, the only day in the entire year that the teacher forgot to ask for homework was that day. And I knew right away, yes, this little eighth grader asked HaKadosh Baruch Hu for something. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made that teacher slip and forget to ask for that homework. Even something so small, so simple. Hashem listens to every one of our tefillos. I'll tell you even something more. I used to teach my daughter in school, in the girls' school here, uh, TGA, the Torah Girls Academy. And right now it's it's in the neighborhood, but it used to be a little bit out of the neighborhood. And uh, we, I used to drive her in the morning, and then I was the first class that she would. And I remember there were times that you know there was a delay with other carpool taking the other children, and and we're almost going to be late for school. And we would be on time if all the lights were green. If all the lights to school were green, we would be on time. So I told my daughter, let's daven. Let's daven for all the lights to be green. And you know what? They were all green. It's even small things. We think like, oh, come on. (laughs) Really? Hashem, Hashem cares if the light is red or green. Really? Yes, he does. If it's important to you, it's important. If it's important to you, I had a lady, she says, you think God cares about my son's Little League game? Oh, yes, he does. Do you care about it? Of course I care about my sons. Why wouldn't HaKadosh Baruch Hu want to know about it? Why wouldn't HaKadosh Baruch Hu care about your son's Little League game? Of course he would care about it. He's Avinu Shabbat He's our father in heaven. If us as a parent care about our child's activities and games and worries and concerns, why wouldn't HaKadosh Baruch Hu, our Father in Heaven, why wouldn't He care about it? Of course He cares about it. And He wants to hear every single detail about it. Each tefillah connects with one another. My grandfather writes in Ali Shur, I think it's the third parak, he talks about tefillah, maybe second parak. He says that every tefillah, if you know how to daven properly, your chakras connects with your mincha, connects with your mairav, and connects with your next chakras, and connects. Each tefillah is a connection, a continuation of the previous tefillah. You leave off where you left off. I have a great uncle who was nifter a few years ago. He was my sandik. His name was Rabbi Yitzchak And he would daven Shmona Esrei like a malach, like an angel. He would daven, Shmonesrei would probably be two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. And he wasn't daydreaming. He was having a conversation with Hashem. He was talking. You can see that he was living his conversation with, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Don't wait for him. <laughs> Come back in two hours. He's not going to be done. He was living his relationship with Hashem. So powerful is tefillah. Another thing that we have to realize is that when we daven, we're always davening as a tzibur. Even if we're alone in our own home, we're davening as a tzibur. What that means is we're asking, Rifo'einu, Re'ena ve'onyeinu, Hashiveinu, Slachlanu. We're asking for a tzibur. 
because we're not only asking for ourselves. If you're already asking, you ask for a klal. You ask for everyone. I remember one time I was uh, I was asking my Rebbe about uh, 30 years ago. I said, Rebbe, I don't understand. When we when we have the special tefillah that we say on Shabbos Mevorchim, so we daven. It's very interesting, very interesting how we ask. Chaim Aruchim makes sense, a long life. Okay, but Chaim Shel Parnosa, Chaim Shel Chilot Zatzamos, Chaim Sheis Prem Yeres from Ayim Yeres Chet, Chaim Shein Ben Bushor Chlima, Chaim Shel Oshavachavod, a whole life. We're asking for the whole life. Why don't we, what are we asking for the whole life? Why don't we just ask for the Chodesh for this month or for this year? What are we asking for Chaim? My Rebbe said, if you're already asking, ask for life. You're already asking. When you're already asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu to do something for you, ask for a friend. Ask for someone else. That's why we always use a plural Lushan. We always use a Lushan that's not only just me for me, because I'm asking, I care about myself. So I'm care, I'm asking for my own, my own concerns. Ask for someone else. I want you to know, the Gemara says that Kolam Spalal Ba'ad Chavero, Vuhut Sarach Laoso Davar, Hunanatchila. If you da, if you know of a friend, who needs something, and you daven for that friend, but you also need the same thing. You, by davening for them, will benefit first. Give me an example. Let's say you have a friend who needs a shidduch. You also need a shidduch. Daven for them to get a shidduch, you will benefit first. Daven for your friend first. Why? So, you know, the Gemara actually talks about, okay, well, so everyone's going to start davening for their fellow. Everyone's going to start asking for everyone else just so that they can benefit. That's going to be a selfish move. It's a good trick. Daven for someone who needs something that you need, and then you'll get it. The Gemara says, go right ahead and do it. It takes a special selflessness to be able to daven for someone else with your whole heart. To be able to open your heart and say, Hashem, please give them a shidduch. Hashem, give them a good job. Hashem, succeed their way. I need to. What's about me? Asking on behalf of someone else is so powerful that yes, you will benefit first. So find someone. I heard there's an organization in New York that this is what they do is they pair you up to daven for for someone who needs the same thing you need. And that way, the Gemara will will be fulfilled, the promise of the Gemara. But it's an unbelievable power. We don't ask only for ourselves. We ask for all of Klal Yisrael. By the way, when we talk about Re'ei Novan Yenu, we ask Hashem, look at our Golos that we're in. So we know, of course, that means our Golos that we're in, like right now, we're in, in Golos Edom. We're dealing with the struggles of materialism. We're dealing with the struggles of being, you know, completely consumed by our technology, being consumed by our phones and by our computers and by our devices. Chazal tell us that it also means our own personal Golos. 
Everyone is dealing with something. Everyone has something that's a struggle for them. That's also something we daven for. Don't just daven for like, oh, the geula should come for all of Kla Yisrael in that way. But you for yourself, you can daven for your own little geula, your own little thing that you need. You need a redemption in, in a specific area? Ask Hashem for it. Ein There's no tefillah that comes back empty. Now, Chazal teach us that there are two different parts of tefillah. Two different dimensions of tefillah. The first part is recognizing that we're standing in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's interesting, if you look through halacha, it is incredible to see how much emphasis there is in halacha to not having any distractions when you daven. No distractions. Let me give you an example. If someone's in the middle of a court case and they're they're arguing in front of a judge and they have lawyers and they they you know they're arguing a big case, not allowed to daven. You're not allowed to daven because you're not going to be able to focus. Your mind is not. You're talking to Hashem where you're you're thinking about your case. There's a joke they say. You know, we say, How do the nations of the world travel the world? They go, they go with, with cars, they go with, with, with chariots, they go, they go with horses, and they travel the world. They get on a plane and they travel the world. You know how we travel? We just start tavening and suddenly we're in France and suddenly we're walking, you know, through through the Golan Heights, and we're going, we travel the whole world just by davening. We have to learn to remove all of those thoughts, to clear our mind. Take some time. Our sages, our early sages, would take an hour to cleanse their mind so that they can be prepared for tefillah. What does that mean? That means it's not a simple thing to just, oh, I'm just going to get up and I'm going to daven. No, you got to prepare yourself. Get into the frame of mind. The halacha says you're not supposed to eat before you daven. You're not supposed to drink before you daven. But if not eating or drinking will eliminate your ability to focus on davening, then you should. Because focus in davening is that important. That even though the halacha says you should not eat or drink before davening, if that's going to help you focus, now a person has to be honest with themselves, if that's going to help you focus in your tefillah, do it. Recognizing I'm standing in front of HaKadosh Baruch The example I always give, you know, I have a microphone here, I have a camera in front of me. Imagine, you know, someone who's announcing that they're running for president Imagine someone was announcing, uh, today I announced my candidacy for the President of the United States. Okay, imagine. What happens at such a, an event? You have not one microphone. You have hundreds of microphones. CBS, CNN, ABC, you know, all of the news media, everyone is there with their microphones. Everyone's there with their cameras. And they're waiting. Oh, he's coming out. He's going to be there in, in three minutes. In three minutes, the, the, you know, the announcement is coming. And everyone's, every single syllable is calculated. Everyone's waiting to hear what this person has to say. 
When we daven, it's even greater than that. Yes, in Shemayim, all of the virtual cameras are looking at us. All the microphones are there. Hashem is listening to not only the words that we utter, but the thoughts that are in our heart. Rish Baruch wants to hear every single syllable. Shem loves it. He's waiting there. Ah, oh, they're finally stepping up to the podium. They're coming to sit in their seat. I've been waiting for them to say something. I'm so excited to hear their tefillah. Talk to Hashem. Open your heart. There's no need to rush. I got together on this trip in Eretz Yisrael last week with 30 couples who we were all graduates of the same kolal. And our Rebbe joined us and our Rebbe told us a very, very amazing thing. And it was it was so simple yet so brilliant. He said throughout this trip, we were there for about 10 days, we want to focus on tefillah. He said, but you think that I'm going to be talking about all, all the pirushamilos and we're going to talk about all of the pirushim and the pshat and I'm going to give you all the... No. We're just going to take the words of Ashrei. And Ashrei, there's no need to rush. Think through every single word in Ashrei. That's it, Ashrei. And suddenly... All of us, and we're all rabbis, respectively, in our communities. You know, we had people from South Africa, from England, from New York, from, from Houston, from Los Angeles, from you name it. Rabbis, Rabbanim. Not rushing through Ashrei. Ashrei took 20 minutes. It was a different experience. to something we say every single day. We say three times a day we say Ashrei. It's like, oh, Ashrei, right, and we just move on. Do we know what we're saying? Those words are so powerful. They're so beautiful. Take a moment. Appreciate the words that you're saying. Appreciate the construction of these words by David Amelech. It's brilliant. It expresses every one of our emotions. There's no need to rush. As Chazal would daven, they would prepare for davening an hour. They were davening for an hour. And then after davening, it would take them an hour to unwind from their tefillah. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? That nine hours a day they were busy davening? When, when do they learn? When do they get their livelihood done? When do they get a job? Nine hours a day they were davening. When you daven nine hours a day like that, you don't have to worry about your job. You don't have to worry about your livelihood. So it's been a real pr- privilege and a pleasure to uh, to learn with all of you a little bit about Philo. There's plenty more to talk about, but I want to be invited back. And I was told 45 minutes, so it's uh, 45 minutes right now. Thank you, Ash. Hashem should bless us all that we should all be zeicha to have true Philo, to recognize and to feel that relationship with Hashem, to feel that closeness that when we open up our hearts and we talk to Hashem, Hashem is waiting there to hear our tefillos. Remember, you have a special seat where you daven every day, a makam kavua. Hashem is sitting there waiting for you. Why? Because he loves your communication with him. So go out and talk to Hashem.
Have a terrific evening, and thank you so much, Project Light. Thank you, Blimi, for inviting me. Uh, it's a huge privilege. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a Torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit torchpodcasts.com.